This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I know yeah. there is a six and a half hour version, like the super oh, cut yeah. of this film. And, and I saw that you were going to like put some newly shot material in See, there. So what, what kind of... Man, cool? news goes fast. It does, man. It's rapid. I but, said it <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. And I pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> everyone and welcome to episode number eight of the fourth wall i am your host griffin schiller and this is the show where we break down the fourth wall of the film industry as we get an inside look through our conversations with industry professionals ranging from directors actors you name it this show is of course part of the playlist podcast network where you can find our weekly film discourse show discussing the latest releases along with the rest of our show catalog such as be real indie beat and much more whatever your fix is we got you covered. Before we get into this week's episode, I do want to thank you all for the warm reception you gave last week's episode, my interview with Bill Hader. Uh, it's one of our most successful episodes. You all seem to really enjoy it, and so I, I just really want to thank you again for sharing it, for listening to it, and all that good stuff. Your support of the show means a lot, so just thank you once again. And as I alluded to last week, we're not finished with our It Chapter 2 coverage, as this week, we're going to be getting into a full spoiler conversation over the film with director Andy Muschietti. Andy first garnered the attention of many with his 2013 debut, Mama. The film was based on his three-minute short of the same name, which also piqued the interest of Guillermo del Toro, who went on to executive produce the feature. Muschietti's work and success with Mama proved him to be a real emerging talent in the horror genre, and it's very easy to see why he was brought on for the adaptation of Stephen King's It. Embarking on a massive undertaking, Muschietti brought to life King's novel for a new generation, amassing both critical and commercial success as 2017's It became the highest grossing horror film of all time. And it's only fitting that It Chapter 2 is hot on its heels as the film already has the second highest horror movie opening of all time. Now, I'm not kidding when I say I think It Chapter 2 has one of the most satisfying conclusions I've seen to a film really in quite some time. And I think the key to that was that Andy really understood that in order for the second part of this movie to work, he needed to cut out some of the more outlandish material in King's original novel and maintain focus on the losers and their journey. And during our conversation, we discussed precisely that, how he was able to craft such a satisfying conclusion and how he was also able to craft some incredibly seamless and inventive scene transitions, the challenges of making a two-hour and 45-minute horror epic, reinventing the character of Richie, and in relation to the film's meta-commentary about creators who can't properly end their stories, his favorite movie that couldn't quite nail the ending. I really enjoyed his answer to that one. It was very appropriate giving the question. We also touch ever so briefly on his upcoming project, The Flash, and what we can expect out of his six-and-a-half-hour supercut of 
it. Before we get started, I do want to remind you all one more time that this is a spoiler discussion. So if you have not seen It Chapter 2, go out, go see the movie. It's great. And then come back and listen to this episode. All right. You've been warned. Let's do this. Let's get into my conversation with Andy Muschietti. Things that like I've always, you know, observed about the the second half of the book, or really the adult portion of the book, is that it's. Um, I, I've always found that it was probably the trickiest to adapt, just because of how much is going on. The mythology really lets loose. Um, and you, you kind of have to live up to the bar set by, uh, you know, what was going on with them as kids. Uh, so did you find the process harder to navigate this time around or uh, did it kind of come easier to you given your work in chapter one? No, I don't think it was harder. It was like the, you know, equally hard, uh, challenge to do because basically it's, it's so much about, uh, uh, translating a book story literary story to a film language um which is always always a challenge especially in, a, in such a <clears throat> such a you know big massive book but it's also fun yeah. because you get to you know uh you get to exercise you know that uh <clears throat> that muscle of of, sele- <laughs> of selection and and also you know figure out what's important and in that exercise, you you really un- uh, understand everything more about the story and about the characters and uh, and, and everything. So, and it's also exciting because it's it's definitely two different languages. You see that in the book, it's you know, the events are a loser. They are uh, interrupted by events in the past, interludes from Mike talking about the history of Derry. So it's all like a, you know, like an interesting patchwork, an interesting like experience. Well, when it comes to the, the film, you really have to, you know, turn those screws of tension. You have to make events that are consequential and, uh, and, and squeeze uh, the action into a, almost like a real time thing. And also as a movie, as an experience, you have to escalate, you know, the action, the pacing and, 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 and the adventure element of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and there was a few questions that I wanted to ask yeah. you actually regarding some of that, but, um, you know, this is, this is a two hour and 45 minute film or so it's like, it is a horror epic and it's, it's not something that we usually get too often. And I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the challenges in like, um, you know, being able to maintain the audience, like, Mm-hmm. Keep how, how are you able to kind of like keep them on edge for such a long period of time? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's different things. Mm-hmm. I think what I was mentioning before about the, the consequentiality of of, of 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 this version. Yeah, uh, you know, one one event leads to the other, and there's an obstacle, and they have to go through it to to get to the you know to the goal. But the main goal is something that is established at the beginning of the movie, which is killing it. How do you kill it? Uh, <clears throat> so there's, of course, that moment where you st- think about the story. The script is is the next step where everything is important. And you make the movie, and you're <laughs> editing the movie, and you realize that you have a very big movie. We started with a with a script that was like you know 160 pages yeah. or something. Yeah. And then comes the the real test, which is you have a movie. And what does that movie feel like when you're watching it? 
And then you realize that, you know, there's nothing more important than pacing, than pacing, you know? And, uh, because you don't want to you don't want to bore people, right? Well, and that, that was one of the things that I really liked about this was yeah. like for for such a long movie, I I never felt the length because I was really mm-hmm. locked into the characters and their journeys and you know, mm-hmm. going to get the totems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, the token tokens game, you know, everything that is uh, is about a ritual and about a trial is always like very uh, very engaging. Yeah, for the audience. For sure. Uh, so it's a it's a bit of a device that I really wanted to throw in there, um, uh, and uh, basically raise the expectations of how will how you know will, will this work or not? Right, right. Well, and and through that, you were also able to you know bring back the the, the younger actors. You're able to bring back the mm-hmm. kids, and you were kind of mm-hmm. able to weave in mm-hmm. um, the flashbacks, similar similarly to how the, how the book did, which I, I thought that yeah. was genius. I love the transitions there. Which, yeah. by the way, um, this is going to be a spoiler discussion so feel free to like you know For talk sure. about whatever yeah. but um the way you were able to transition from the scenes and stuff like that i wonder if you can kind of talk about that and like how what you kind of look for when you're when you're making these transitions from past to present well that's it's the transitions are the probably the most fun thing that i uh, you know that i that I, I was able to do in this movie uh because it's it's the magic part mm-hmm. of, of storytelling uh and it's, it gives you the chance to be really creative and inventive, you know, because you're like basically blending two timelines into one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always exciting for me. Uh, and uh, it really, really, you know, gives you the chance also to leave a little bit of your mark as a narrator. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, the classical transparent cut to the past or, you know, um, so I really had fun. I didn't want to repeat the, the, the method. Yeah. Yeah. You, I you noticed see, that everything was different. It was yeah. like a puzzle piece. There was like, yeah. um, yeah. the ending one where I, I, f- I forget what it was exactly. Yeah. What was the very end one? It was like the, the very end one is, uh, it goes, it goes from the, from the photo booth, uh, strip, yes. uh, to the, to the kids riding their bicycles, yeah. but it doesn't, that, that wasn't quite a transition. Uh, one one of them is in the clubhouse when Ben falls down as yeah, an adult yeah. and looks up and calls to, calls his friends and you expect like the the older losers to come down yeah. and it's the kids yeah uh, and that was that's that's magic that's <laughs> yeah, magic right. of that's cinema just, you know that's textbook I, yeah I still see it now with all with a score and everything and and you know working with people that understand the vision and and really uh, are really in the same page with the tone and 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 the the spirit. Uh, ben Wallfish did a beautiful uh, score on that part. So it, the transition is fully, you know, it, it's, it's, it's done by every single element there, you know, and it's the same shot. You see adult Ben on the floor and when the camera goes up, you see Sophia Lillis uh, come down instead of, <laughs> instead of Jessica Chastain. The music like turns into something, you know, magic and, and ethereal. Um, what else? Oh, there's an interesting one when uh, after the fight, after they remember the fight, you see, you know, Bill, uh, yeah, Big Bill and and Beverly on their bikes, and Bill takes off, camera sort of pulls him back a little bit, and then he he bikes off uh, out of the frame, and we see after he he leaves, he he exits the frames, we see Jessica, adult Beverly looking back at him, and. That was fun to do because it was it wasn't only about characters, it was about the background. You know, if you see the oh, yeah. if you see the shot 
a couple of times you will see that the cars the whole environment changes the cars in the back are from the 1980s in the begin in the first half of the shot and then when we discover Jessica you see start you start seeing cars from yeah, from, yeah. from this age I mean, not that you have to focus on that, right? right. right. No, it's, but it's it's those like it's those little details that make those transitions work so yeah, well. Yeah. Um, something else I want to kind of t- touch on are uh, you know the changes you make because there there are some changes you made and there's stuff you omitted. Um, I think my favorite one was what you did with Richie's character because yeah. it, it really hammered home the emotional impact of that ending. Mm-hmm, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious, uh, where did that sort of idea originate from and, and how early in the process did you know that that was where you wanted to go with Richie? Well, I, I basically, this is a, it was a game of exploring every, each of the characters' uh, fear, each of, it, of the characters' journey, each mm-hmm. of the characters' trauma. Um, and I was left a little, there was an empty slot there for, for Richie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of course, we have a victim of abuse, which is Beverly, who keeps, you know, repeating the cycle of, of getting together with, you know, loving men that abuse her. Uh, we have Eddie, who is, uh, you know, sub- he's like su- subjected to a ob- overprotective mom. Yeah. And he's a coward and uh, and he's still married to his mom. Yeah, right. So we see all these characters that are, <laughs> yeah. are pretty much defined and they're somehow like they, they, they write, they've been inspired by the by the by the book uh in the case of richie there was a bit of an emptiness there um there was of course like the you know the 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 mechanism of someone that uses humor to basically be noticed in this world a kid that was probably neglected and ignored in his in his family Mm -hmm. and invented humor as a way of you know of saying i'm here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but that didn't translate too much into uh into the future and to the, the adulthood of this character, so I wanted to go deeper. <clears throat> and one of the probably the, the the fears of all this palette of of, of fears, uh, the fear of, of being exposed, the fear of being exposed and showing who you really are to the world. Uh, that is something that you know is something like a, a character like Richie, you know, who, who was uh, basically is hiding his sexual identity because he had a traumatic event where he was like humiliated and pointed out and he doesn't want to repeat that and that's why he stays in the closet and he stayed and not only that but also like built a persona around him being like a celebrity yeah comedian uh who's telling jokes about his girlfriend and masturbating to his girlfriend's friend on yeah, facebook yeah, yeah. um yeah, so I, I thought it was a very valid and a very human conflict uh, to have uh, and trauma. And why not? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, yeah. and I thought it, it just fit right in there so naturally. That yeah. was my favorite part about it. Yeah, it, it also taps with, uh, of course, with, um, with, with an uh, you know, over-hovering uh, um, perception that there is there somewhere in the way there was a, a Eddie Ritchie relationship that relationship is never confirmed in the book right um and it's definitely not confirmed in in the movie uh there's no signs that this love was actually reciprocate reciprocated by by eddie but i I love how it's you know how it's uh laid there in the in the movie i think it's one of the most most surprising probably uh, yeah uh, yeah of, of the of the beats yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm I'm happy it's there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, 
one of the other parts that I really liked was the uh, you know the running bit of Bill writing these great books but not being able to <laughs> stick the stick the ending. I thought that was like it was very meta in its own right. Um, but yeah. and I'm curious for you, what are some of your favorite like books or films that like you really like but they didn't quite nail that ending? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, in general, when I like a movie, I forgive everything uh, about okay. it. You know. Uh, I've been accused of, of, of making a decent movie that had a horrible ending with Mama. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's for me, I still see it. And the, the moment I connect the most is the ending, you know, because mm-hmm. we humanize the, the monster. And there's that, that, that very rare ending of like two kids that are separated and one dies mm-hmm. and Mama is part of it. So anyway, uh, I would say that is one of the... <laughs> Of course, yeah. I guess sure, I like. I, like, I guess I like to self-reference uh, my own movies, uh, but oh, you cut me! I'm prepared for that one. Let me see. <laughs> Great movie that I love that has a bad ending. Okay. I might get to get back to you. That's fi- that no, one. that's yeah. fine. I mean, you know, I sorry. It, 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 it's just funny because I know when the book for it came out, a lot of people were the same sort of way. Um, they were kind of like mixed on the book that like they love the kids stuff, but yeah. like when you get to the adult stuff, it kind of like <laughs> teetered a little bit. And, and it's weird because I think what you were able to do is you were able to capture like the heart of that first uh-huh. part and stick the landing, you know, and, uh-huh. and, and uh-huh. it was just like the, the ending, especially well, really the third act, but the ending, especially uh, where everything's really coming together. Mm-hmm. It just feels, I mean, it's just one of the most satisfying conclusions to a film I've seen mm-hmm. in quite some time. So for, for you, what was the key to, to nailing that down? Well, the key was, uh, you know, sticking to the emotional, intimate uh, part of the whole thing, which was basically uh, finding a, a resolution for, the, for, for these characters. Yeah. Uh, as individuals and as a group. As a collective uh so i decided to keep it you know very very intimate mm-hmm. and it's all about feelings emotions uh of course if you if you follow uh um the the book uh by you know more literally there's a big gigantic disaster in the movie which in in the book where it's like the the destruction of dairy the sinkhole the flood the standby rolling down the hills uh i did not want to go, go there because yeah, it, that's, it yeah. takes definitely takes from from what's important which is the, the emotional uh, uh impact of, of the ending um and it's proven every movie that i that i love like has a has one of those especially the ones that really imprinted me in the 80s when you see uh, the never-ending story, for instance, uh, there is like some level of mayhem there, but it's very related to the emotional journey of the characters. Uh, E.T. Yeah, you know, course. E.T. Yeah. is probably like best uh, example of that. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, nobody, yeah. there's no not a dry eye on the <laughs> on the room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're not crying by the end of E.T., there's there's <laughs> something wrong. With yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and um, yeah, so that was very important. Um, and also I didn't, I, I wanted to stick, you know, on the other aspect of, of your question, which is, you know, why didn't you stick to the, you know, bizarro, supernatural, uh, yeah, surreal was, other side? Yeah. The, 
you know, I I wanted to stick to the perspective of the of the human elements through the, through the characters, through this reality seen through the characters. Mm -hmm. Just just the idea that there's another side is enough, right? To right. to generate that mystery, but I wanted to keep it cryptic, which is something that that uh, probably Stephen King manages to do for a long time. Yeah. But the end is a real huge blowout where he, you know, basically reveals the macroverse and we see like Bill like flying in the in the void. Yeah, I guess. And seeing the yeah. turtle. Uh I wanted to avoid that, but not <clears throat> not because it's bad. I think it's just like you, the movie turns into a different thing. It, yeah, you're it, it really takes on like a, another identity almost. Yeah, yeah, it becomes like a fantasy. Yeah, film. exactly. Yeah. Probably the way that the Dark Tower uh sort of has yeah. which is that you know dark tower is a fantasy movie this is a uh, more a movie about you know human characters right that are confronting a, a, a evil force that the less you know about it the the more uh magnetized to it you will be yeah and Stephen king does it so well by dossifying the information who Bob Gray is, you know, Bob Gray and all the interludes and all these super like cryptic uh, things that never find really a resolution. Someone saw a clown there and Bob Gray, uh, this thing. Uh, so that's a lesson of how to maintain, uh, to maintain the mystery, yeah. not, not revealing everything. And yeah. sometimes you, you hear audiences, you know, saying, oh, we need more backstory. We need to see more Pennywise. And then the problem is that when you show them more, They they don't like it. It, it kind of loses its magic. Yeah, you're right. It loses the magic. Yeah. It's like it's like precisely. It's like a magician revealing the trick. Yeah. Like you ask, how did you do it? How did you do it? And then he shows you. It's like, oh, it's disappointing. Right. You know? Right. Well, that, that's why those scenes. Uh, yeah. You know, the one where he catches the firefly and he gets the the girl with the, uh, <laughs> the birthmark on her face, yeah. and then the um, the one in the the funhouse, which I, I I loved the funhouse. How you were <laughs> able to utilize mirrors and stuff was that kind of like tricky to navigate or. Uh, the fun house. No, it was it was easy to create. I mm -hmm. always wanted like you know, um, uh, it came from from the concern that probably like uh, Bill Denver wasn't getting enough uh, uh, payoff from being um, sort of the leader of the having been the leader of the losers. Yeah, uh, and I, I thought it was a good idea to basically aggravate his guilt and Pennywise basically using his guilt to basically like destroy him, destroy his spirit. And uh, the worst thing he can do is basically like, you know, recreate the Georgie. Event. Yeah. Or when he was a kid, he killed Georgie because you weren't there, Billy. <laughs> As if that wasn't <laughs> bad enough, he basically recreates, he takes another Georgie, which is the, the kid yeah. that, that lives in his house and does the same thing. You know, and kills. Well, I don't want to. Uh, teaser. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, you, yeah, okay. yeah, he, yeah. He kills basically, him. in the funhouse, you know, like basically, uh, Pennywise butchers a, that little kid in front of yeah. uh, of of Bill, and Bill cannot do anything because he's behind a <laughs> behind a yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, more brutal kills for sure. Yeah. I, I do want to just quickly move on to like you know upcoming projects next. Obviously, you're kind of attached to the Flash or something like that. So I'm curious, um, can you kind of tease anything regarding that upcoming project? What kind of ideas are you circ circulating around? I really cannot talk about the sure. Flash too much because we're in a we're 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 starting it. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff about it. Uh, I'm working with a writer right now, 
but I can't, I can't anticipate no, that's fair. too well, much. If, if, Maybe if in want, a couple of months. Yeah, for, I can, I imagine. So uh, if, if you want to indulge me, just one more question, because I know yeah. there is a six and a half hour version, like the super oh, cut yeah. of this film. And, and I saw that you were going to like put some newly shot material in See, there. So what, what kind of... Man, cool? news goes fast. It does, man. It's rapid. I said it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And I pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> What kind of new material can we expect from that? Um, so, yeah, this is an idea. We're, we're in early talks with the studio to do it. But my 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 big fantasy is to put like the two, uh, like basically cut the two movies together, uh, add all of the scenes that were uh, that were lifted for, you know, for length purposes mm-hmm. in the release. Uh, so make a bigger, bigger, like a big, big experience of it. Uh and also shooting a couple of, of extra scenes um, that I'd like to to see on that on this bigger experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I can't wait to watch it. I mean, a <laughs> six and a half hour version of this film just sounds nuts and I'm all for it. Yeah, but. man. I mean, in the age of like binging where people just yeah. like watch series for like seven, eight hours, you know, and they just barely notice that they've been like spending all that time. Yeah. Uh, this is nothing. Wow, it's like, you know, why not? Well, it would probably be a, a good place to put it on the, the HBO streaming server or the Warner Brothers. HBO streaming. Max. Yeah, HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's where it's going. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Where did I hear, where did I hear that from you? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, I really appreciate it. Andy. Thank you so, so much, much guys. Time, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That was my conversation with Andy Muschietti. It was really delightful. And just a quick side note here, the interview actually took place in this this weird, dressed-up, haunted house sort of thing. It's where the junket actually took place. And so it was just a really immersive interview. I felt as if I was back in Derry, and there was just like a weird echo in the room. And it was just, it was very fitting for uh, the, the conversation that we had. And uh, I think it made the interview that much more fun. It Chapter 2 is now playing in theaters everywhere, and if you've already seen the film, which I'm assuming you have if you listen to this conversation, uh, go see it again. It's a great movie that you can only experience on the big screen for a limited time, so take advantage of it. And if you haven't seen the film, well, uh, we spoiled it for you, but hopefully that encourages you to go check it out regardless. But the most important thing is I want to hear from you all. I want to hear your thoughts on It Chapter 2 down in the comments section of wherever you're listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Playlist Podcast Network for more episodes of The Fourth Wall, along with the rest of our diverse film-centric catalog. And if you feel so inclined, you really want to go the extra mile, we'd love it if you drop us a rating and a review as it greatly helps the show get noticed and lets me know what you all are loving and what you think we can improve upon. I don't have a guest lined up for the next episode quite yet, but you can expect something very soon. Uh, But until then, If you like me and you like what I have to say, you can follow me on Twitter at Griff Schiller. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to this It Chapter 2 spoiler discussion, and I'll catch you next time. Take care.